Test, test, test. This is Michaela. You're listening to the Ecliptic Podcast. One of the things I love to learn about is when nature actually outcompetes us humans. I so often get stuck in this mindset that we are the superior life form on Earth. But all around us are examples of animals that are really killing it at this game of evolution. See what I did there? Little evolution pun. I'm warning you now, you can come to expect this level of sophistication in all of my episodes. Recently, I've been reading a great book called The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs by Steve Brissotti, who's a paleontologist at the University of Edinburgh. In the book, Brissotti clearly illustrates the evolution of dinosaurs throughout the four geologic time periods of their existence, the Permian, Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous periods. He doesn't just talk about how dinosaurs evolved, but he paints a really clear picture of what it would have been like in these distinct worlds, and particularly in the time of transition between these huge eras. This is an accomplishment. Even for a reader like me who loves dinosaurs, these time periods can sort of melt together. Brusati does a great job of explaining why these time periods would have yielded widely different experiences for the organisms who lived in them. Along the way, he illuminates characteristics that made various dinosaur species so uniquely successful at various times. The most interesting trait that he discusses is the way that some dinosaurs actually breathed. Brusati explains that sauropods, generally what we think of as long-necked dinosaurs, and theropods, meat-eating dinosaurs, like the T-Rex, for example, had what is called unidirectional lungs. This means that while humans start by inhaling and moving oxygen into the bloodstream through the respiratory tissues, and then transition to releasing carbon dioxide while they exhale, a dinosaur with unidirectional lungs would have been able to move oxygen into their bloodstream both during inhalation and exhalation. They do this by capturing and storing a portion of the oxygen that's brought into the lungs during the breath in, and then when they go to exhale, that stored oxygen can move across the thin respiratory membranes at the same time. Sauropods and theropods did this with the help of an incredible adaptation called pneumatic fenestrae, which are large areas of empty space in the bones. Brusati explains that these dinosaurs had a structure of, quote, Rigid bellows anchored to the backbone, that's the lungs. He goes on to say, some of the inhaled air doesn't go through the lungs right away, but is shunted into a system of sacs connected to the lungs. These sacs are akin to balloons. They're soft, thin-walled, compliant. They're nestled in between the many other organs of the chest, including the trachea and esophagus, the heart, the stomach, and intestines. Sometimes they run out of room and start wiggling their way into the only spaces still available, the bones themselves, end quote. This adaptation shows that dinosaurs dramatically increased their breathing efficiency and at the same time reduced the weight of their bones. Rusadi is clear in explaining that this set of adaptations has only been seen three times in evolution that we know of. The pneumatic fenestrae and the unidirectional lung was present in the sauropods, the theropods, 
and in the dinosaurs that still live among us today, birds. He points out that, quote, some birds can fly at tens of thousands of feet in rarefied air where we would have a hard time breathing. Their lungs are their secret weapon, end quote. You've been listening to the Ecliptic Podcast, diving deep into the natural world to inspire awe and a greater understanding of who we are in nature. The Ecliptic Podcast is hosted by beginning naturalist Michaela BG. Check out links to resources mentioned in the podcast in the episode notes.